and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're going to do something a little different today, um, but uh, we are, many of us just got back from Africa. That's a pretty cool picture. I actually took that picture in Africa and uh, check out the giraffe in the distance. See that giraffe? That is an actual giraffe in the distance. I'm thinking about going into photography. So, but I mean, you know, that's my own artwork right there on the screen. But anyway, that's about the only good picture I took in Africa, but uh, every, I got lucky. But anyway, no. We um, had 13 of us that just got back from Africa and our trip was interrupted and changed because of COVID. And we were supposed to go to Zimbabwe and uh, serve our church family there. And, and uh, you guys gave generously to that. And we have video that we'll be showing in the upcoming weeks of just even the well that you guys paid for that was put in the classroom that has been started. So all of that work has been done, even though we weren't able to go and be a part of that, it's still being done even at this time. But we had to go to South Africa as a team and serve there. And, uh, you know, how many know sometimes many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's what scripture tells us. And we had one plan and the Lord sent us somewhere else. And I'm just telling you, it was a direct plan from the Lord. It was like the Lord took all these options. We had multiple options of where we were going to go after Zimbabwe. It's like we started looking. It was like the Lord narrowed it down and said, no, I want you in Mokapani, South Africa with reaching a generation. And man, were we ever inspired and challenged and encouraged. And so our team went, and you're going to hear from some of them in just a moment, but our team went and, uh, it was a different missionary trip. It was a different missions trip than we've ever gone on as a church. Typically our missions trips, when we go, it's a lot of feeding kids. It's, you know, it's things like that. It's playing some soccer. It's, it's uh, hanging out with church families and just encouraging them. And then listening to me preach like 732 times the same message. But anyway, and that in and of itself is a challenge for many of them. But this trip, there was no church services. None, not a one. I never stood on a stage. We didn't gather in a big room and worship. There wasn't any soccer matches. There wasn't any of that. But our team was the hands and feet of Jesus like I've never seen a team from our church before in my life. They served. We helped to, we have uh, reaching a generation, our friend Jacques um, and his team, they are actually launching a church in Mokapani, South Africa. And our team went and helped them get that church building ready. And the Lord just kept reminding us as a team that ministry isn't always about a stage. And honestly, ministry is, I think we've made the stage too important. Ministry is what happens in our world. Ministry is what happens in the day-to-day. Ministry is when you show somebody kindness. Ministry is when you show somebody love. And there's a scripture, two verses in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, that I want to read to you today. And it says this, And he, this is God, has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And we look and say, that's the pastors, that's the leaders, that's the ministers. But look at verse 12, and their calling, who's calling? The pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist. Their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers. You know who that is? That's you. My job is to prepare you to do works of ministry. 
Too often in ministry, too often in the church world today, we look at the stage as the place to, to do all the ministry. But listen, my job, Pastor Steve's job, somebody like a Michael Redmond, your job, our job is to equip you, the body, to do the works of ministry. And so we took a trip and our team did works of ministry. It looked different. It wasn't everybody sitting there and cheering on Pastor Chad or Pastor Steve or Pastor Duell or somebody like that as they preached a message. Our team got down and got their hands dirty and did works of ministry. They painted classrooms. We painted parking lots. We put playgrounds together. Hello. We put playgrounds together. Tasha and Mackay and several others painted murals. We, we went to hospitals in South Africa and delivered goodie baskets to the frontline workers there. Our team, our teenagers, our adults stood on the street corner as people would walk by and they would offer them a water or an orange or an apple or a piece of candy and they would give that to them and they were overwhelmed and surprised how many people just wanted somebody to talk to them or pray with them. Our team on street corners, not from stages, but our team on street corners led people to the Lord. Ministry looked different. Our team stripped down an entire fence, a metal fence, sanded it, did all kinds of things, this fence, and then repainted this fence. And the Lord just kept reminding us, some plant, some reap water, some reap the harvest. And see, our job on this trip was not to reap the harvest. Our job was to sow into a ministry. And I kept reminding our team, hey, when this church launches September 1st, they're going to have kids they are going to be playing on that playground. They're going to have kids they are going to be sitting in kid services. And the harvest is going to come because you did some work. And so our job as pastors, I think all too often in the church, we look for the pastor or the leader to do all the work. But our job is to equip you to do the works of ministry. One of our former presidents Jeff Kennedy's made a statement. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? And I think that mentality is, needs to creep back into the church where we're not saying, what can the stage do for me, but what can I do for the body of Christ? And so I just kind of wanted to challenge you this morning. And I wanted you to hear, and I know I wanted you to hear from these six people that are going to come and share. So would my team join me today, the six of you, there was 13 of us in total that went. But I have six that I asked to come and share with us today. Every one of these have, um, the other ones that have gone had been on a missions trip before, or I couldn't get them all on the stage, but none of these had been to Africa or any of our mission stuff. We took 13 people. We took five teenagers. The first time we ever took, we took in the past, we've taken one teenager. We took five. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous. Like, what's going to happen with a bunch of teenagers and Pastor Stephen Duell? Okay? So, so we, uh, so I, before they all share, one of the things I want to tell you is we did a lot of work and a lot of ministry, but we had a lot of fun too. This team laughed and cried together and we did devos every night and man, God moved and we prophesied over each other. We spoke life into each other. Um, Jacques spoke a word over every single one of our teenagers that was directly from the Lord for that teenager and he doesn't know them. It was on time, on the spot. And, uh, and then at the end, we, we got to hunt. And I know some of you saw those pictures of us hunting and I've had people ask me, I 
can't believe you hunted and spent money to hunt and things like that. You know what? And I just thought, you know what? I just want to address that. If anybody had any concerns or anything on that, yes, we hunted, but every dime, every penny from those hunts, Jock told me, he said, Pastor Chad, he said, we were having a shortfall to launch our church and we didn't know. He said, launching a church, you did, we didn't realize how much money that was going to cost us. And he said, we started praying, Lord, give us ways to have some extra money come in. And how many know our whole trip got moved and we got where we had to go. That was where the Lord was directing us to go. And he said, everything your team spent with us, from the lodging to the food, to the hunting, everything went. And he said, we had, he said, it covered the shortfall of what we had to be able to launch our church. And so that team did that. And so there was, so yeah, there was some hunting and you might even see some pictures of that. And if you don't like that, just close your eyes, <laughs> but just know that it was for the kids, right? But it was, it was, and God did some great things. And so I want you to hear from this team. I want you to hear from their hearts. And so I've got, uh, there's going to be six of them that are going to go. They're going to share with you. And so um, our first one up is Pastor Duell. This is our Marshfield student pastor. And so we, we thought, you know what? Let's let him come to, the, come to the good side, come to Republic, <laughs> Missouri today. He's a Marshfield boy, born and raised. Is your mic on? Better be. Yep, it's on. So born and raised. So we thought, you know what? Let's bring him to the bright side today. No, you guys... Um, he's not a DCer from Republic. He's a DCer from Marshfield, and we're one church, multiple locations. And I just want to, and I told him that, but I, you know, I knew he was, he's, he's on our team and I love him, but this first time I've really got to spend time with him and I am beyond proud and honored to have you on our team and leading our students there in Marshfield. And so you guys give it up for Pastor Duell. All right. Is this thing working? Hey. As he said, I am from Marshfield. I told Stephen I was going to introduce myself as the youth pastor who didn't take any students. So any of the stories you hear about the students, those are your kids, not mine. So that just preface with that. So Pastor Chad reached out and said we have four minutes each to talk. And so um, how many of y'all would give me four minutes here? Anybody give me four minutes? Nobody. Good. That means I only have four. I was hoping a few would give me a few more, but it's all right. Steve, you're last, so you get the leftovers. But hey, you know, we were... Talking about missions, talking about, you know, missions and, and, and what does that look like for us as a church? You know, what does that look like for Destiny Church being a part of that? And you're in here and you're like, well, I didn't go on a mission trip. Well, I got a scripture that I felt like the Lord has given us that is really relevant to all of us. And it's Matthew 28, 19. And most of you have probably heard that. But if you haven't, I'll read it to you. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, on this trip, the Lord really kind of challenged me with, you know, the, it kind of rocked my world a little bit. As Pastor Chad alluded to, there's no stages. It was, it was, it was about the one person. It wasn't about getting on a stage and preaching to 40 or 50 or 500 or whatever that number is, but it was about the street ministry where you get to go out on a street where if your mask isn't on, the police can write you a ticket or take you to jail. It's about that one person, though, that you're talking to. And so we had a lot of opportunities. I had a little girl that her mom and her walked by and they weren't really going to stop. You could tell that they just didn't care to stop. And so I just had a sucker. I said, Hey, would you like a sucker? And, and she smiled so big. I have two little girls of my own. So I, you know, girl dad here, hashtag, but I, I was like, you know what? Just have them all. You know, that's the way my heart felt like, just take the whole bucket. You can have them. But you know, it was about just reaching to one, but this scripture, it, it's, it's Jesus talking and he's tasking us. He's tasking us with two mandates here. It's that the first is, is to go. And uh, if you're a believer in the room, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you accepted that mandate, whether you realize it or not. 
As soon as you said yes to Jesus, your job is now to go. What does going look like? Maybe it doesn't look like going to Africa. Maybe it doesn't look like going on a missions trip overseas or even to a different state. Maybe going looks like going to work every day. Maybe going looks like Walmart Supercenter in Republic. Maybe that's your go. And then the second task we get is that we're to make disciples. See, if we're just doing the going part, we're, it's all for naught. If we just, oh, I'm going to Africa on a mission trip, but we don't do our best to make disciples, then it was really just so we could have a good time. Because we're called to go, but we're also called to make disciples. We're not called to just go and have a good time. Don't get me wrong, we, we had a great time hunting, and I'm sure the boys and the pictures you'll see maybe will allude to that. But we also were called to be making disciples. And something that I heard the other day that just kind of stuck with me is this, and it says, people who provide the spark don't always get to sit by the fire. People who provide the spark don't always get to sit by the fire. And if there was something that summed up this mission trip, it's probably that because we, we didn't get to sit by the fire. As Pastor Chad said, we didn't see this windfall of people say yes to Jesus, but we did see the work that we did. And we did know that the work we're doing will bring people to Jesus at some point. And so we might not have gotten to sit by the fire, but we did see that spark. We did get to be the spark in a place that was maybe, maybe a dark world. And as that spark begins to grow, as the flame begins to burn brighter, we get to say, yeah, God, let me be a part of that. Yeah. God, let us be a part of that. And so I just close with, you know, this, this statement. Most of you have a bracelet. If you don't, get your bracelet on. On mission always. That's, that's something that we are called to as believers in Jesus is to be on mission always. Good stuff, man. Good challenge. Great job. Hey, John, you can go ahead. We have some pictures. We're going to begin to, you'll see these just looping behind us. Next one we have coming up here is Avery Woodman. Avery is going to be a junior. Um, his family, his grandma and grandpa and uh, family started attending here when we were three months in as a church. And uh, you're on. And so three months in. And so this was Avery's first missions trip. And God did some great things. And Avery, I want you to hear from Avery. Hope everyone's having a good day. Um, so this missions trip was a lot different than we had all expected it to be. We all kind of expected to, you know, um, have like one-on-one -on -one direct contact with the child, you know, and that's something I was really looking forward to. But, you know, um, that's not really what happened. And that's all right, though, because God always has a plan and he always had a plan the whole time. And so, like Pastor Chad mentioned um, about us, you know, standing fences, um, built, putting together playgrounds, you know, painting parking lots, like that doesn't really sound a whole lot enjoyable. But um, it, 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 it was all for a really good cause. And it really just kind of opened my eyes to see, like, all the work that God's really doing, even thousands of miles away. And it just, every night, you know, I'd, I'd go to bed or I'd eat dinner and we have our devotions at night. We sit around the fire, have our talks. And then, you know, I go to bed and it just like, it was just so hard to comprehend, like just the great things that the Lord is doing, even just so far away. And there was, there was times, you know, whenever I would, I would be doing those things and, you know, painting the parking lots, sanding fences. And I just, you know, I just kind of talked to myself, you know, I'm not, how am I, how am I impacting a child's life? You know, 
and it's it's not about like what we're doing now it's like we're planning ahead you know we're we're playing the seeds now for all the lives in the future so it's kind of all i have that's good that's good thanks avery All right, next up here is Devin McMillan. Devin's going to be a senior here at Republic and uh, should be on. If not, just talk Hello. loud. No, you're on. So the most inspiring thing for me probably from this missions trip was... Uh, oh, they're showing the picture of me falling asleep in the chair, yeah. <laughs> so the most inspiring thing for me from this missions trip was probably just how joyful all of the people we got to meet were. I mean all these people that we were doing these projects with and stuff were, were all from the area and from these bad situations. And we just, we made so many friends and they were just always so happy. Even like I come back home and like see all the people that are unhappy and our situations are a hundred times better than theirs. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we met a guy named Alpheus that, uh, he hung out with us a lot and he has a degree in chemical engineering and just talks about how he can't find work anywhere. And it's just his dream to come over to the United States. And it's just like, I wish that I could be able to just be like, dude, get in my suitcase and bring him over. But that's just something that I hope that sticks with me as I come back from this trip is that like, whenever I'm around those people, I just like, you can feel the presence of God. And that's just the way, like, as I go into high school with Makai and Avery, that's just something that I think that we should really focus on is just being nice to everyone, extra friendly, asking them how their day is. Cause to them, that could be the only love they see all day. And that could be the only, you know, sign of God that, that they get at home throughout their day or just anything. And, you know, like Avery said, it's not like we were all looking forward to getting to feed a child and, you know, see the, see their face light up, but we didn't get that, but that's okay. Cause that was all a part of God's plan. And, and it's just really heartwarming to know that some little girl or a little boy might play on that playground or they might sit in that classroom and admire that mural that Makai and Tasha painted and, and they just, they might get saved at that church and that's what it's all about. So that's all I've got. That's good. That's good. Thanks, Bob. You know, that was one of the big things we talked a lot about was just knowing, you know, just even what Avery and Devin, you both talked about there is just knowing that, man, we might not be doing exactly what we planned on doing, but the Lord has a plan and, people's lives are going to be touched and changed because of what we sowed. And um, so you guys all did amazing. Next one up here is Amy Vermont. Please welcome Amy to the stage. This is Africa Amy. Africa Amy. Africa Amy. They coined me as Africa Amy there. These guys are good. They don't have notes. I've got pages of them. So I'm going to try to keep it short. Chad. So those two to... boys, it took two minutes each. Amy's taking perfect. their time. It's perfect. I get the leftovers. Okay. So before we left, and this was my first mission trip, I wasn't sure of what to expect. Like, I don't know how to mentally prepare for what we're going to um, experience. But from the first time that Chad went to Zimbabwe, I knew that I wanted to get to Africa someday. I didn't know when that was going to be, but I just knew that I wanted to go. I had seen all the pictures. I had seen the videos. But when our plans and our destination changed a week and a half before leaving, it terrified me. I, I didn't know what to expect. I don't think any of us did, but I knew that we were all going to be in it together. Um, and this was going to be a new experience for all of us. So I kept praying um, for God to prepare my heart. And I kept checking my motives. Why 
why am I going on this trip? Is it because I want to travel? Is it because I want to serve God? Or is it because I want to go because my friends are going and I think that it's going to be fun? I knew that we were there to be the hands and feet of God, and I knew that he was going to direct all of our steps. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Like I said, I didn't know what this was going to look like, and I don't think any of us did when we were on our way over there, but I feel like our hearts were open to whatever God was going to do and however he was going to use us. Two days before we left, the enemy started working overtime on me and fear and self-doubt started setting in. And I was questioning why I was going, if I was even equipped to go, was it safe for us to go? Um, And so I, I thought of how the Israelites must have felt when Pharaoh let them go. They had to have been terrified, but God didn't leave them to wander around aimlessly. He led them through day and night. I feel like God did that to us. He led us in a remarkable way that we couldn't have predicted. I knew that even though our plans had changed and none of us knew much about where we were going, that his hand was all over it. We just had to trust him and be willing to serve. So fast forward to coming home and Chad asking us to share about the most impactful moment in Africa. I don't know how you do that in four minutes. And how do you share with someone the impact that it had when you're really not sure if you're done being impacted. Like it's been a lot to process this week, a lot. So if I had to pick one thing and kind of what Devin touched on, it was it was the people. It was the people that we built relationships with from the interns to I worked really close with the kids pastor there. Um, every single one of them, including the painter George that I that I worked with, They had an impact on me and on us as a team, whether it was with their words or with their actions. There were a couple guys that we met on the street doing street ministry, and they show up for days after just to volunteer, not because they were getting paid. They just wanted to serve and, um, you know, be part of the be part of the cause. I remember specific people that we prayed with. Um, I remember their eyes, like what they what they were wearing, what they were looking for. One man I prayed for, he uh, he just wanted three suckers for his kids. And then, like I said, for the next week, he showed up to help paint just because we had shown him the love of Jesus and he wanted to give that back. I saw God move in incredible ways in our team. These teenagers were phenomenal to watch how hard they worked. Um, Some of my most favorite times were our devotional times that we spent together as a group. You take this random group of people and we were authentic and vulnerable with each other. And some of the conversations that I had, some of my most favorite conversations were with a few of these teenagers that we had one-on-one in the, in the van on the way back to the Uh, back to the lodge. I would say my challenge would be if you're thinking of missions or if you think you have a heart for missions, take the risk, step out of the boat. Even if that doesn't mean you're physically going to Africa, if that's not your heart, fund a mission. It's be a part of a mission because it's changing lives. It changed our lives and it changed lives there. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Thank you, Amy. You saw, you see even right here, um, you saw a few of our guys on a plane flying. They flew to the northern part of South Africa 
Um, three of our guys flew to the northern part of South Africa, and they looked at four new sites that they're getting ready to launch four new churches and put four new wells in partnership with that church, us, and even Joyce Meyer Ministry. And so they went and did that. And so it was a lot of different types of uh, ministry. Great job, Amy. Right now you're going to hear um, from my son. This is Makai, 17-year-old, going to be a senior here at Republic. Give it up for Makai. What's up? Um, there was a lot of fun that we had on this trip. And uh, one of the fa- my favorite parts was me and Devin right here, we uh, pranked Stephen Duell a lot. Uh, it was awesome. We'd get up at like one o'clock in the morning and we'd bang on their windows. One night we locked them in their room. They had to crawl out. Uh, we stole all their luggage one time. We snuck in their window and stole their luggage. Uh, we kind of, they, we, they kind of got us back for that one, but uh, they did, they did, but it was so much fun. But after my dad asked us to talk about the trip, one thing in specific that kind of just immediately grabbed my heart was the fact that we needed a rebirth of faith. For me, I know that I was lacking in that category before the trip. And while I was there, there were so many faith-like people who are overflowing with this joy and this happiness. And you could tell that it was straight from God. You could tell that they were built upon a foundation of God's love and God's principles for them. I desired that so bad to have that feeling again. So I tried to find that connection with God again, and I so easily found it. I realized that finding God is not as like hard as people make it. It really is quite simple. It really is quite easy to find God. What's difficult, though, is keeping that faith. It's difficult whenever you come back to the real world and people with their words slap you in their face again. You come back and you fall back into this temptation. Are you, and what I really struggled with is whenever we talked about facing the real world again, I had to tell myself, am I going to fall back into my old ways or am I going to take a step of faith and be who God has called me to be? For me, I knew that I had to take some big steps and that I had to find my relationship with God again. And I will admit, it is really hard in this life today, in this world today, to get in the habit of going to church, to find God, to keep that relationship going with God outside of going to church. Especially as a teenager, I've talked to a lot of teens, not even just the ones that went to Africa, like the world that we live in as a teenager and even as adults, it's just, it's much harder than it used to be. I have learned though that If you really want that relationship with God, all you have to do is build that foundation with God, but you can use your friends, build a rock upon your friends and your family so that you have somebody to speak with. All of this really started stirring in my heart when Jacques, a pastor friend of my dad, spoke to me about my life. I won't go into much detail, but he said that I have big things ahead of me, and I felt in my heart convicted, like I'm not going to see these things if I don't get my life right. So that's whenever I took it serious. We need that relationship with God and we need it like a hunger. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. If we hunger and thirst, we will be satisfied. And one last thing, though, is we cannot choose the day that we're going to be hungry. If we wake up one day and we don't want to worship, if we feel like we shouldn't, I don't know, feel like we should have to worship today, I'm tired, God. I don't, I don't want to get out of my bed. I don't want to worship you. It is a constant thing. Your relationship with God, whenever you need to eat, you need, a, you need God. You need water to survive. You need God to survive. 
So that is what I got whenever I was there. Build my life upon a foundation of faith. Find God and find him again. Thank you. That's good. Good stuff. Good job. And you, you guys, I mean, you're just getting just a little snippet. Four minutes, like they all said, four minutes is hard to do this in. But every single one of these teenagers that went, that are here, and then Addison and Andrew Penny, and then every single adult, this was the driving thought, even what Makai was talking about, just maintaining that hunger and thirst and passion and desire for the Lord, and you saw it. And so I'm just going to throw this out, even for our teenagers that are here, and then we see Addison and Andrew. I just want to encourage you guys, when you see them, hold them accountable. When you see us, there's a stupid fly up here that's about to be murdered, but anyway... All right, well, get on out of here. It's like, gosh. You know, it's like they can't, people on the screen can't see. It's like you got some disease. It's like, what in the world? It's just a fly. But anyway, but now just in, in challenge us to stay strong. But this isn't just for this team. This is all of us in this room that we are on mission always. We can't just be fired up when we get back from a missions trip. We just can't be fired up when we get back from church camp every day. And son, great thought, great challenge right there. I can't pick up and choose. Am I going to be hungry for God today? Am I going to worship God today? No, every day we're on mission always. Every day we must stand up and chase after God every single day. Mom and dad, it's not just for our teenagers. You know, I, I talked to a parent yesterday that I don't know how much they have a desire for the Lord in their life. I don't see it a whole lot. They don't go to church here. But he's like, what we need to see is our kids get fired up. No, mom and dad, what we need to see is you get fired up. We need to see you be on mission always. You want your kids to stay fired up? You stay fired up. All right? Not my turn to preach. All right? Hey, last one. Let's give it up for Pastor Steve. Amen. So thankful for you guys taking a minute, listening to our stories. And, and really, you know, we get up here and we tell these stories, but it's, it's honestly it's supposed to be more than just stories. We're trying to give you an impartation of what we received. And the only way we can really do that is to tell you what happened over there. And so anyways, we just appreciate you listening. Like Amy said, it's hard to summarize 12 days into three minutes. You know, I could talk about the incredible team chemistry we had. It was amazing, the chemistry we had, all these different walks of life, different age groups. We came together. It was really supernatural how we came together and enjoyed one another, did ministry with each other. You know, I could talk about how we woke up at three in the morning to a bunch of teenagers pummeling through our stuff and jumping out our window. I could also talk about how I made Devin and Makai scream like little girls and beg for mercy until they returned that stuff. But uh, I won't mention that. <laughs> If I had to sum it up, if I had to sum it up and, and give you one phrase, it would just echo what everybody else is saying. I'd have to say our trip to South Africa, our trip was all about the one. It's about the one. There's no big crusades. There was no hype. There was no massive gatherings. There were no man-made stages. There was no microphones and no pulpits. It was just people, just one at a time, right? Encountering a God that loves to meet us in the midst of our everyday lives. It was about the one. The one that was waiting for somebody just to get out of their little comfort zone and come find them. We've become really good at getting people to come to us, but we're called to go to them. It was about the one. How do we stop long enough to recognize them and value them and make them feel seen and loved? It was about the one. You know, I, I don't know if you're like me, 
Uh, but when we think about this big phrase called the Great Commission, maybe you're like me and the first thought that pops into your mind are these massive Reinhard Bonnke crusades, right? And these huge gatherings of people. And those are great and powerful and needed. But the Great Commission is so much bigger than big gatherings. The Great Commission, it's about the one church. We had so many big God moments that like on God's supernatural timeline, they were huge. But in our eyes, on our natural timeline, they probably would have seemed like they're really small. And it was just like this big, massive reminder to all of us that God is ready to move every day, not just Sunday. God wants to move powerfully in the simple moments of our everyday lives. And, uh, you know, we didn't have to force anything, did we? It was beautiful how it flowed. We didn't have to hype anything and rush anything and facilitate anything. The God moments we had, they were just organic and authentic and simple and real. And they just flowed from beginning to end throughout the entire service as we stayed conscious to what the Holy Spirit was saying and doing in the everyday moments. It, it wasn't like we got to church and ministry started and then when we left, it ended. We found God moving as we waited for the wind to die down so we could take off in this plane on this bumpy African runway. Four guys waiting for the wind to die down in tears as we got to pray for one another and we saw healing in that everyday moment. We found God waiting to move through our students on a big game safari on our day off as they surround our safari guide at the end of the safari and they begin to boldly prophesy and pray, declare the blessing of the Lord over his life and his family, our teenagers. God moved as we were building a jungle gym for a bunch of kids. We had no idea what we were doing. But there was just this supernatural unity. The Bible calls it the unity of the spirit. This joy that just was contagious within our group. And it seemed like the South African young people just migrated towards us. And through that, we got to pray with them on the job and speak encouragement over Alpheus's life and declare the goodness of God over them and bring them into our joy and up into our family and into our team. It was, it was beautiful. We found God in the streets every day as we got to pray for people who were just passing by, young, old, in between. The gospel met them where they were, and it reached them in a significant way. And I'll just close with this. It was kind of this unspoken, nobody really said it, but it was the mindset of our entire team from beginning to end. It didn't matter what we were doing that day. If people were there, that means there's opportunity for ministry there. And uh, moment after moment, person after person, one at a time, the Great Commission was accomplished. The simple gospel taken to people where they are works every time. And uh, you don't necessarily have to fly across the ocean to fulfill the Great Commission Church. Although I think every person needs to get out of their Midwestern bubble every now and then and go someplace crazy and see what's going on in the world. But you don't have to do that to fulfill the Great Commission. You could do it today in Walmart. As a matter of fact, you're commanded to do it today in Walmart. So amen. Amen. Man, good stuff. Great challenge, Pastor Steve. Man. What all you guys said, I couldn't have summed it up better in my own words. Great challenge, great thoughts. I want to close with one thing. I want everybody in the room that feels a call to one day, and, and, and it was hit on multiple times. I think, I think somebody's supposed to go to Walmart and share their faith today. I don't know who, but somebody's supposed to go to Walmart today. How many know they need Jesus at Walmart, right? 
especially if you go late at night. They need Jesus at Walmart. But no, seriously, though, if you feel a call to go on missions overseas at some point in your life, maybe somebody in this room is feeling a call to be a missionary for their whole life. If you feel a call to go on a missions trip at some point in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have not yet been on a missions trip, I want you to stand. Feel called to one day go on a missions trip and you have not yet been. I know I, I'm, I'm staying, I'm, I'm called. I, I'm going to go all the time, but I've been. But you just feel called to go on a missions trip. Yeah, look at that. I want to ask a two, couple of my friends to come up and pray with you. Terry Bell and, and Michael Redmond, will you guys come up? You guys do missions all the time. Will you guys come up and just say a prayer over these? I want each of you just to say a prayer over them. Terry Bell um, is a missionary with the Assemblies of God, does a lot. And then Michael Redmond is, on, is one of the executives at Convoy of Hope. And you know the mission and heartbeat of Convoy. This is Terry those of you that are standing, now I want those that are standing that are seated that feel like, you know what, I've been on a missions trip and haven't been in a while, and I know the Lord's stirring my heart to go again. Would you stand to your feet? If you feel like the Lord's stirring your heart to go again because of today, yeah. Would you, Terry, this is Terry Bell. Terry, would you say a prayer over them? And then when you're done, just hand the microphone to Michael there. And I just, we're going to pray over all of you today. And I just want to pray that the Lord direct your steps and we're going to let you know when our next missions trips are planned. Um, we'll do at least one a year. We'll do some in Africa. We're going to do some with Convoy of Hope. And this guy here goes to Panama. We can do some things with Terry as well. So um, if you have a heart for missions, um, we want you to be able to go. It's not all Africa. It's all over the globe. Um, and so we're going to do that. So Terry, would you step up and pray over them? And I want those of you that are standing, would you just lift both hands just like this and just begin to receive what these men of God, they have invested their life, their blood, their sweat and tears into missions. Would you just receive this anointing and this prayer that comes from them today? All right. Heavenly Father, there is a group of people somewhere in this world, they're waiting for someone to come and share the good news. There's a pastor that is praying, and these people that are standing right now can be that answered prayer. Father, I pray that you we come to church to see what you're doing. But Father, you have called these that are standing to go and do. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for a special anointing over their lives. It's not easy, Father. It's not something taken lightly. But, Father, I pray for each and every one of them that are standing right now that you will put in their hearts, in their minds, and saturate them with the oil from, of anointing from heaven to pour over them. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will direct their paths to a place where they can go and do and be and present your good news to someone that has never heard before. We honor their faith this morning in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And Father, I just continue the prayer this morning, God, as, as a good number of folks of this church have stood up this morning, God, you see the response today. God, let us be on mission, God, as a church. 
And God, individually today, God, as we have, have just said, I want to commit myself to this level, God, of just surrendering to you, of, of being a part of a trip in the future. God, that you would open the doors, that you would direct us. And God, it would be life-changing. God, that we would be that, that, that Acts 1-8 church, God that, God, that after we have received the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would continue, God, to move through us and use us, God, God, to, to lift up, God, that, that, that mother or that father, God, in, 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 in circumstances and situations, God, that, that, God, that you would use us, God, whether it's in, in, in Africa, Puerto Rico, the Philippines, God, wherever. God, that you would use us as a church and individually today, God, to, to be that. And God, I just pray, God, that you prepare our hearts. God, that you would continue, God, go before us, God, and prepare our hearts, God, for what you've called us to do. God, let it be said of this church, God, this is a church that, that uh, stays on mission. God, we keep you in front of us, God, then, then, we, then we just, we're, we're softened to the Holy Spirit, God, to be mm-hmm to be the, the, the church of kindness, God, to be the church of love, to be the church of power. So God, uh, use us, prepare us, and God, go before us. God, we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all. Everybody can be seated. Thank you. Give it up for our team that shared today. Hey, we're going to let you guys go. A couple things today. If you're interested in missions, let us, you know, I saw you standing, but man, just let us know. Um, and then we'll be doing some signups. Um, we'll get, we'll be planning a trip for next summer. Um, and so, um, to Africa, but I know that we'll be, we've been talking with Michael as well about Puerto Rico. And so they've got some teams that'll be, I think, hitting the ground in Puerto Rico starting in August. Um, and so we'll be getting, um, opening some opportunities there as well. And so if you're interested, just let us know, we want to get you on mission. We want to get you um, to do that. It will change your life. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.